0: welcome back to the black and white podcast where we seek to filter the gray world around us through God's word with radical grace raw truth and real hope I'm Denise Pass and I have a very special guest back with me today Amanda Davison the founder of a wife like me and author of dear wife 10 minute invitations to practice connection with your husband welcome back Amanda
1: Yay! This is so fun. Thanks for having me, Denise.
0: Oh, I'm just so excited. I mean, it's just like being with a best friend here. BFF time, when we get to talk about our marriages. Does it get better than this?
1: <laughs>
0: no, it doesn't. Yeah. Well, last week we had a great discussion about the connection we have in our marriage and how we as wives can hinder or cause that connection to grow. And this week I want to home in on our husband's true need and living out a real relationship. Amanda, what is the true need a husband has? And won't that differ person to person?
1: Yeah, it, it absolutely does differ. You know, we don't want to put anybody in a box, but uh, we see um, through research that uh, a man's deepest needs are traditionally uh, sex and respect. Mm. And so it was funny. I actually asked my husband maybe a month ago, I was preparing for an interview and uh, I said, I said, babe, you know, is there any, the question was that it, you know, husband's need or man's need deepest needs are respect and sex. And the question was, are we missing anything, Amanda? And so I asked him, you know, cause I thought, well, who better to ask? And so I said, are we missing anything, Chad? You know, sex, respect. What else, what else is there? And he looked at me and he said, Yeah, no, that's, that's it.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Now my husband has said Buffalo wings or something there too. Come on.
1: (laughs) Yeah, actually, I think he would agree with that. Um, (laughs) I think we so often make it more complex than it really is. And so obviously for every man, but you know, I think in talking to men and, and I've interviewed many husbands on this, uh, but it is it is pretty accurate, they want to feel like they are it, you know it is yeah. to feel like we think they are awesome sauce, you know, like just they are everything, and so I think like respecting really it boils down to our admiration for them, like are we are we truly do we admire them? and there might be listeners right now who are saying, nope, I don't, you know um. And, and that can be a prayer then, I would say, for you to really ask God, Lord, give me a heart that truly admires this man that you love so much. Because I don't feel it right now, you know. Um, but really, if we admire who they are, then we're, from our hearts, we will want to respect them and, and really honor who they are. You know, so many times I am tempted to not respect my husband and, and honor him whether you know my husband actually farmed so he's gone a lot so oftentimes within our home he's not here physically and i am often tempted in those times to to speak poorly about it to just vent my frustration out loud and uh, i used to do that in the past and not proud of that at all but i didn't know how else to handle it i did not have a relationship with the lord at that time but i um you know, in those many moments of our days, we are, we, we have that opportunity, whether or not they're with us or not to honor them and respect them. But if that's our goal to want to do that, even respect them for maybe things that they aren't doing yet, but believing that they will, because we are praying for that. And we are speaking life about them, that they will be that man that God created them to be. Um, it changes how you know we do speak to them and love on them and um, yeah sex I mean it's super important and uh, we're all in different places with that in our marriage but I think just having the honest conversation and asking our spouse um, whether if there's a husband listening or a wife listening asking our spouse um, are you happy with our sex life are you what would you change about it would you change anything about it and truly inviting that and and not getting upset with their response but because your goal is to have a stronger marriage, you truly want to know and want to make changes if there are any, but just have that conversation. I think it's so important.
0: Definitely. You know, and I think there's also not just their needs, but their wants, which sometimes can feel like a need. I have to tell you a story about how I felt like a failure at meeting one of my husband's, I'm going to say need it's like a want, but he loves sailing. And worked hard to fix up an old sailboat so we could sail together. And I've had to work hard just to be on the boat and not puke, okay? I mean, it's like, oh, Lord, please help me to support him in this. This is like, you know, like, again, not exactly a need, but to him, it was very important. Mm -hmm. So I knew how important it was to my husband, and I gave it my best effort. But last weekend, we went sailing, and we were healing over, which means our boat was leaning heavily on one side (laughs) and we were going really fast. And so everyone on the boat was like so thrilled and like screaming for joy. And I had an anxiety attack. (laughs) I felt sorry for myself that I could not be like the others. And so I'm apologizing to my husband, told him I was sorry that I wasn't as adventurous as everyone else. You know, I'm like clinging to the side of the boat saying, dear God, when the will this end. (laughs) But right then in that moment, When I was feeling like a failure, like, oh, I wasn't there for him, he ended up telling me he was so proud of me Mm. because I was willing to try something that was important to him. So it didn't have to look perfect. I didn't have to perform a certain way. And for the record, I think he really enjoyed rescuing me too. (laughs) Yeah,
1: yeah. I think it's, you know, it's important what you recognize in that situation is that, you know, he just wanted you with him. And I think we put these expectations on ourselves so often that, you know, just that's not actually what they want. Um, But we think that that's what they want. So that's, it brings up such a good point to ask ourselves to just how, like, what, how can I create a better marriage for us? What would that look like? Um, One time I asked my husband that, you know, I said, how can I make you feel more loved? And his response surprised me so much. He said, be excited when I come home and I was like what I was like that's it that's that's it and he's like yeah that's I would like that like oh okay but you know I think it's just such a good um point that you bring up just that we can simply ask like do you want me to be you know a a deep sea fisherman or do you just want me to join you sometimes and hold on for dear life you know yeah
0: (laughs) Yeah, I I do the hold on for dear life part really well. (laughs) Excelled at that. (laughs) (laughs) Well, that's really good. And I, I think, you know, there's times when, you know, you want to be everything for your husband, but you realize ultimately you can't be just like they can't be everything to us. We have to point them to the savior. And I want to fulfill all my husband's needs and all of his wants. But at the end of the day, you know, I'm not perfect either. Right. And so uh, that's where we have to just seek to listen to, you know, the Lord in our relationship and, and to our husband. Like you said, that's really beautiful that you asked him about that. I know um, that's important to my husband as well when he walks in the door that I'm going to stop working and I'm going to greet him at the door and we go have our cuddle time and talk and about how the day went. Amanda, part of your story and how God stirred your heart to start your ministry and write the book with other authors, came from a real, raw place in your own marriage, where the reality of your marriage was not what you thought it was supposed to be. I think we see so many examples in the media of what a marriage relationship should look like, and yet it is not real. Can you share about that moment and the revelation God gave you?
1: hmm Sure. I, you know I grew up not. Um, having a relationship, a personal relationship with the Lord. And so I, th- I thought I did, though, to be completely honest. I mean, I was in church. My husband and I were going to church. Uh, I, I grew up in a church. I went to church on most Sundays. We got married. We were going to church together. We had our, we had two children. We were in church every Sunday. We were in a small group. We were praying. So I thought that I did have a relationship with the Lord Um, But I was actually in grad school for marriage and family therapy. Um, We had had our first kiddo. I had started grad school. We had our second kiddo. I was finishing up grad school. And I, I knew from a young age, my parents divorced when I was five, and I wanted to help married couples. So I knew that I would help married couples. I was in grad school for counseling. And what was happening was I was applying the tools and techniques that I was learning in grad school to my own marriage. And really, they just weren't working. Or if they did, they, they were only it was only for a short period of time. So I became increasingly frustrated because I, I, again, not having a strong relationship with the Lord, I was looking to my husband from day one before we even got married. I was wanting him to be more for me. And I wanted him to love me a certain way. I knew he was a good man. I knew he did love me. But it wasn't ever enough, and I wasn't this unrealistic person. But I just knew that he wasn't. Um, he, there was something missing. It felt like it. There mm-hmm. wasn't something he was giving me that I thought he should from the world's view, uh, and so I was constantly disappointed with that. And yes. so it wasn't until that last year of uh, grad school where I came to this this head where. I was done. He came home and in an Oscar award-winning performance I put on, I shared with him that I was leaving. I was done. We were getting a divorce. I was, I took our two kids and I got in the car and left. And it was in those moments. I I went across the highway. We lived at the farm at the time. And I went across the highway to our farm shed and I parked the car because I could barely see, I was just weeping. And I just cried out to God. And I said, you know, I cannot do this anymore. I'm just, I'm done. And in those moments, it was like, he, I finally was able to see that there was another way. And in those moments with talking with God and just crying out, like, I've tried everything, Lord, nothing is working. It was like, he was saying to me, finally, are you ready to try it my way? Mm. And... That's really when everything changed and I, I honestly had no idea what that meant. But I was, you know, 29 and I had never opened my Bible. I'd been in church my entire life and I had never actually opened I'm sure, maybe I did in like confirmation class, but not for right. not to learn about God, not to not to actually seek out wisdom. Um so that was when I uh started that whole I chapter of my life I fully surrendered every area of my life to Christ everything and started on this journey of discovering what in the world does God have to say about all of this and so uh through that the end of the that one year really I just dove in and I was I mean I couldn't, t- I was meeting with every single person I could think of that knew something about the Lord and something about scripture. I was just, tell me this, tell me that. What about this? And um, at the end of the year, God really spoke to me and said, I, I want you to share this with other women. I thought I was gonna be opening my own counseling practice at the end of grad school, but God just totally trans- changed that path. And what ended up being was that, um, uh, is what now is a wife like me. Uh, we, we need... A place for all wives to be able to come to and to feel safe and be encouraged with truth. And so, A Wife Like Me is a ministry where we partner with ministry leaders, women who are wives themselves who are struggling just like we are, who make it real, we are authentic. And yet we offer uh, hope and a community where we can be connected to one another and then um, just sharing about our struggles, but yet really digging in and seeking truth together. So a wife like me has been such a blessing.
0: Yes. Well, and ultimately when we come to know the Lord, that is our joy. That is our delight. And so often we try to find our hope, our life, in marriage or in church or in people or in work and it really is in christ alone and when we find that that is really the secret sauce to our marriage right it's we know god and we we now have a refuge and a place that we can go to when we have struggles and it makes our marriage better when both are in christ obviously Mm -hmm. i think the fairy tales set us up for real failure For and and are not real life, right? But this said, the plan God has is beautiful and we can have real marriages built on Jesus Christ that reveal our former concept of marriage was a fake. Amanda, what advice do you have for wives regarding finding their contentment in Christ and not in a perfect marriage? Because I think ultimately when we delight in God and we are in his word, we don't look for things of this earth for our joy or our identity. But when we have our identity Firmly in Christ, we are able to be a part of a fruitful marriage.
1: Mm -hmm. I would say, uh, be just like I was explaining with um, my own situation, um, I had not released my husband or my marriage or my own desires to God. I had not fully surrendered and released everything to to God to have his way with. And so I would just suggest that, that... um, Just taking the time, even after you're done listening, to just quiet your heart and still your mind with the Lord. And if there's anything and ask God, is there anything, Lord, I have not given to you and surrender that to him and say, I don't want to have my way anymore. I want this to be all about you. Use this, use me, use my husband, use our kids, use my wife, use whatever. If this is, if you're a guy listening, Um, But just use it all, Lord. It's not about me. I want this to be about you. And um, just release your tight hold on your people, you know? Release your tight hold of what you think it should be like and allow God to have his way and just fully dig into relationship with God. And you will see a change. That's what happens. Um, You will see a change in your heart. There's no doubt about it.
0: That's really such a great point to make right there that you know we do want to invite you if you're listening today and you say but you don't know what my marriage is like but what amanda just shared is just such a key for all of us that if we will let go you know we we try to hold on so tightly and trust the lord who gave us those relationships he's able to give us insight into keeping and maintaining those relationships for his glory you know i want to hit on something else that some Young marriages might be dealing with more. And that's those moments that, you know, our flesh really doesn't appreciate. When our kids are screaming, tensions are high, and bad attitudes are abounding. This is when the character we have developed from time with Jesus has equipped us and will enable us to respond in a way that glorifies God and makes our marriages stronger. But what about when sin is in the camp and our spouse isn't walking with the Lord? You talked about, Amanda, how you really didn't know the Lord. I'm I'm guessing some people listening today may have an unbelieving spouse. So how do you counsel wives in those circumstances? Mm,
1: I think that is very common. And if, if anyone is listening and that's, you know that you're not alone. Um, I would say if that is you, then you are technically the spiritual leader of your home, you know? And so that's a, that's a big deal. And, I would say too, I meet a lot of women who say, you know, my husband just doesn't want to be a part of a small group or he doesn't come to church. So we don't really go. Um, and, um, I would, I would really encourage you to not allow your spouse to hold you back from your growth spiritually. That is even more important for you to be growing spiritually. And I I think it's an awesome opportunity. I, I, that, <laughs> Excites me for those listeners um, Mm. because they have quite an opportunity to share the love of Jesus better um, possibly than anyone else because they get to minister to their spouse without saying a word. And I, I think that is super exciting. I am confident if we truly, for those listeners, we truly dig in, if you truly are willing for the Lord to change your heart and lay it all out and to be transformed by him, and you're truly walking in alignment with the Holy Spirit, man, your husband will feel the love of Christ and wonder mm. what in the is going on with you. And, and they will that draws them near. You know, I think, oh man, you know, Denise, we could talk all day about this, but mm. you know, we have the opportunity to either make Christ resistible or irresistible. And yes. In our homes, it is the perfect example. Without even words, are we making Christ look irresistible, you know, Um, or resistible? So yes, challenge. And and I'm not. I don't want to say like, oh, it's all fun and games, you know, in your home if your spouse is an unbeliever. I'm not saying that, but it's hard. But it's such an opportunity that you have and. Again, dig into community, have other believers standing with you in belief that that your spouse will come to know the Lord. And man, um, just know you're not alone and that it is an opportunity.
0: Yes, it is. And I think if we're not results oriented and we're more really focused on, can I be faithful? Can I faithfully steward this position? As you put it so well, Amanda, the spiritual leader you know, and, and seek to win over those around me with the love of Christ. Uh, put another way, um, I remember sharing with someone about, do we make the gospel attractive? And this person snipped back at me, you can't make the gospel more attractive. It's what sort of beautiful as it is. I said, no, but we can make it unattractive. <laughs> you know, how we behave, are we, are we modeling, like, are we living out what we've learned? you know, in a way that can help those around us know Christ. Well, Amanda, it has been such a joy to spend this time with you. God bless you and the work he's called you to do as you encourage marriages. Do you have anything else that you would like to leave with us today?
1: No, oh, I just encourage any wife to check out a wife like me. Um, so many wives are being changed by it and just encourage. And um, just know, again, you're not alone and that there is a community um, wanting to link arms with you and lift you up and um, just walk out wifehood with you.
0: Wonderful. Where can they find you at, Amanda? So we
1: are at awifelikeme.com or just on Facebook or Instagram, um, A Wife Like Me.
0: Wonderful. Well, leave a comment about how you keep things real in your marriage to be entered to receive a free copy of Dear Wife. The raw truth is that real relationships take real work. The radical grace is when life gets hard, God's grace is greater. And the real hope is everything we go through in life has a purpose. And even in our darkest moments relationally, we can overcome when we draw near to God. You've been listening to the Black and White Podcast, where we filter life through the Bible and live life in the freedom of truth.